0: Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary, moral, and ethical values, and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now, here's your host, Mike Sherboneau.
1: Everybody, I just wanna welcome you to the program tonight. Happy Saturday. We've had a great day. They were calling for rain and we didn't get it, so um, how cool is that? And I hope you've been able to get out and enjoy uh, the outdoor weather. I know that we're dealing with all sorts of stuff. Uh, We're in the midst of not just the uh, pandemic, but for all of our Ontario people, we're in that stay-at-home lockdown uh, experience. Uh, It's not quite the same experience in Buffalo for our listeners there, but uh, anyways, yeah. So we all got to do our part. We got to sort through. We want to talk a little bit about that tonight as well. But as we're uh, talking about a variety of things tonight I want to bring up a subject that um, it, it can be a hot topic if not it's one of those things that kind of simmers below the surface and that is the church so maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you got an opinion maybe you've given up on church or you've never been to a church then maybe you have an outsider's opinion love to hear from you tonight I've got a friend um, that's gonna be calling in and uh, his name is uh, Stan. And uh, Stan's gonna be helping us with the program tonight for the first half hour as we do some uh, commentary together. But hey, here's a question. Uh, What do you think about the church and how it's responding in the midst of this pandemic? Do you think that it should have just opened right up? If you're a Canadian, you're gonna be aware that there's some churches in, different places that have defied court orders. I mean, it's happened in the States with, uh, you know, MacArthur's church. And, uh, and the list goes on about, you know, different churches that have opened up. And uh, then others would say you shouldn't open up. They're not saying we uh, can't believe or we can't worship. They're just saying practice uh, safe health care. You know, you need to mask and you don't want to spread the disease. We're getting a word from our friends that are on the west coast of canada and they're living with even more frustration than we are in ontario because churches have not been allowed to open at all and so we ponder all of that stuff and in the midst of it there is uh, what is called the great commission or the great commandment that jesus gave the church and right after easter uh, he's with the, the the christians for like 40 days And then he goes up to heaven. But before he does that, he says, you're to be my witnesses, and the Spirit of God will come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which most of them, that's where they were hanging out, and in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's kind of the marching orders. So the church has been moving forward for over 2,000 years. It's incredible. Maybe you've been ticked off with the church. Maybe your idea of the church is... Um, just something totally different. I'd love to hear your thoughts, but especially your thoughts as it relates to what is a church supposed to look like in the midst of a pandemic? How do we make a difference? And then, coupled with all of that, is the huge question where Jesus has called us to be witnesses. What does that mean? So, uh, my good friend Stan is uh, weighing in tonight. And uh, before he jumps on, let me give you the number in Buffalo. Uh, The local number is 883-5000, 883-5000. And to the rest of you guys and ladies, it's 1-800-684-2848, 1-800-684-2848. Stan, we got you on the line.
2: You have me on the line. All right, Michael.
1: That's good. It's just like a fish. I'm going to reel you in. And... uh, (laughs) Stan, we've already got somebody calling in wanting to weigh in on the subject, so that's a good thing. I'm going to encourage her just to hold on for a minute. Let's just unpack the subject for a couple of minutes tonight. This whole thing about what does it mean to be the church in the midst of a pandemic, and uh, what does it mean to be relevant? There's this word in the Bible that says we're to be a witness. A witness of what? So, uh, jump into the deep water with me. And uh, for those of you who didn't hear Stan two weeks ago when he called in, Stan and I go back many, many years. Um, Stan is calling in from Kelowna, British Columbia, which they say is the nicest place uh, on the face of the earth. But, anyways, we won't argue that one. We'll just say it's a nice spot to live. Stan, I'm really glad you're with us tonight. Give me your thoughts. talk Talk to me about the church and what it means to be a witness maybe share some of your own frustrations. You and I have talked this through many times for the last 20 years. Um, Where are you at today?
2: Well, I'm in a place where I wouldn't use the term church that frequently or in that many places because it means so very much. I don't think there is any such thing as a corporate church. Uh, You have so many splinters and divisions within splinters and divisions that to use that term... uh, In anything more than a bland generic sense, makes no sense, whatever. But let me talk about your second word, which I think may be a keyhole through which we could creep into some perspective that you're looking for. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What would you get if you crossed me with a Jehovah's Witness or an evangelical with a Jehovah's Witness? Let me tell you what you get. You get someone who knocks at your door, they haven't got a clue as to what to do or say if you open it. So, so in in other words, uh, we talk. We have all these terms that we throw around, whether it be church or or, uh, salvation or Bible or belief, or a thousand terms that have lost their content for most folk. And uh, if you take a look at the word witness, my wife, you know, know Jan, you know, she said to me yesterday morning, she said. uh, is the word witness a noun or a verb? That's a good thought question. about it for a minute. Yeah, it is. And if it's a verb, then that fits into the familiar slot of let's go and convince everybody that it's either turn or you'll burn, jump on the bus, or you're going to hell. Whereas if you're a witness, noun, what's your job as a witness in any courtroom So do nothing more than what you've heard and what you've seen? And you don't hmm. speak until you're asked to speak. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning, Michael. You know that old verse that says, "Be always be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you."
1: I know that verse. Yeah. And, okay. I know
2: it since we were little boys. We've known that, Michael. So what's the deal? I, I'm suggesting that a witness is one who, by virtue of the light in their eye, and the difference of their life is being asked, what is going on with you? And you don't need to tell them about the four spiritual laws, knock, 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 or your own four, four spiritual flaws and routinize the shame, but rather just to tell them what little you know. And you and I both know that the simplest of folk, that my son with Down syndrome, he's better at doing that than I am. Really, That's
1: very true. Yeah. But we got to spell that out, because what John, your son, with Down syndrome, will often say when his dad, Stan, who we're listening to right now, is frustrated or flustered or just ticked off like many humans get. I've never been that way, but I've seen you. <laughs> he reminds you that, uh, that Jesus, that God cares for you. He cares for you. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, let and he's a witness. Me,
1: just... Yeah, go ahead. He is. Well, I
2: was just going to tell you. If you want to get personal, I was in the bathtub half an hour ago. I just came from a chiropractor. I mean, whacked my back about a week ago. And I heard voices outside, and my son being one of them. I clambered out of the old tub, looked out the window, and there is my friend, a hell's angel, recently had his patch taken away with his sons. And they love my son, and they've invited him to come over to watch a hockey game tonight. Do you know that those boys show up and for every birthday that John has and regularly, they keep in touch. They love him insanely. And the Hells Angels have a party over at their house just the next block of the like yard. We have a lot of acreages here. And we get invited <laughs> every time, every single time, every single time.
1: And you get so to be guy, the presence of out. Jesus.
2: Well, yeah, of course. And and to this day, those guys, those boys are hungry to hang out with not only my son, but us for the love of Michael.
1: Stan, we're going to take a quick break. Let me just cut in here for a second. The number to call tonight is 883-5000 if you're in the Buffalo area. Long distance is 1-800-684-2848. Talking with Stan Biggs, this is Open Mic. And the question tonight is, what does it mean to be the church in the midst of the pandemic? What does it mean to be a witness? Kind of a a Bible term and as we unpack what it looks like Stan I hope I'm not gonna lose you I'm gonna try this we're gonna take a call right now and then we'll come back and we'll journey more together and sure. I think we got sis on the line are you there sis
3: oh honey I'm. oh honey I'm there you could have had me keep waiting and talk with him because what he was saying was good too
1: <laughs> well what would you like to talk about sis
3: um, oh, okay number one uh, many years ago the Lord gave me he said the church is a perfect place for imperfect people to grow toward perfection. Number uh, uh, two, what was the other thing you mentioned when you first came on the air? Because you brought up two things.
1: Well, I was talking about what does it mean to be a witness?
3: Oh, yes. You know what? Uh, he's a witness uh, without, right there. That means he's a living witness there. You know Scripture said? Well, we are living epistles right? of man. Yeah. Right, right there. That your, your guess right right there. Your guess right, right, right there. Um, and around the community, because you better believe they're talking about him and his family, because I'm going to tell you, good news spread fast, bad and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, if if it was anything negative, it, it honey, they, they told it fire and lie. Why? But you know, because what he's doing and saying is positive. That is spreading. Uh, that is spreading too, as uh, well. Not just those hell angels are drawn toward him and his son. Other people in the community and and different things. Just like you got your lighthouse right on the edge of the shore. And then the lighthouse got the light on at night. And ships and everywhere could see that lighthouse from afar off. that That's what it means to be a witness. But it's like, what kind of witness are you? I got to ask myself, what kind of witness a- am I?
0: Well,
1: let's just jump in for a second. Stan, why don't you weigh in and have a thought with Sis? What kind of a witness? What does that
2: mean? Uh, sis, sis I, love, I love what you're saying. That is the main event. I love that metaphor of of being lighthouse on in rough waters. That's terrific, sis. Let so just one minute, mention I'm one. Keep on
1: Sorry, Stan, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, sis, sis, let me just tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, year, years ago, I was uh, uh, taking a course at the university. It was 1998, and it was right in the middle of the Clinton problem. You know, the impeachment and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. And I had never used a computer before, and I was learning HTML, and I, I, I had no idea what that meant. But I, I found the White House um, URL, or their, their webpage, and that week, Hillary had put up, for the first time a first lady ever had a, a, a website, she had one. So I sat there, and I was bored in my class, and I wrote to her in the middle of the Monica Winsky affair. I met, I wrote like she was my sister, like she was my, my own, own flesh and blood And signed off, forgot about it. A a month later, I got a letter from the White House, which I lost and just found it this week. And, And that's 23 years ago. I read it, and I saw in her heart and in her voice extraordinary gratitude, not for Stan Biggs' writing, but the timeliness of a witness coming into her desk, so much so that she researched it and wrote back to me in the most beautiful fashion. Well, moments ago before the show came on, sis, I went upstairs, and my wife is watching on TV, HLN, that whole event all over again. And here's what struck me. Your words, sis, in simple terms on this little radio show on WDCX, and my simple words to a senior person in, in the world, they both come from broken people like you and I, and we can't underestimate the power of the simple witness of Christ in us, the hope of glory. It doesn't matter our politics or our background, our religious beliefs at all. It matters that he matters to us, and that will be evident and move the hearts of people. Don't you think so, Sid?
3: Oh, yes, I want to say right quick. You know, you talked about your son. God used him, that darling boy, as a super evangelist, and look how, how God used him to draw people uh, to him. God will use yeah. anybody. That that, that that let themselves be used, and he look and see and meet the requirements, and how all that glory and honor and praise that the Lord got uh, uh, concerning him. You know that testimony where he drew, you know he drew he he drew tough folks. I mean yeah. he drew t- he drew tough folks because them hell mm-hmm. angels oh, yeah. ain't gonna play with you. But God softened that gentleman's heart, and son, and God just used him to draw him to Fisher.
1: sis uh, says, I, I, I am so glad that you i'm so glad you called in tonight you've just brought a a ray of light into the whole program unfortunately we got to run to a break I
3: understand.
1: but i'm glad you're going to call back again sometime soon
3: oh i enjoy myself i listen to you all the time me and you talk more than one time on
1: it so uh, all right we
3: y'all. i love y'all Here we go. thank
1: you all we right sis good night Hey, you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Shriverneau. My guest is Stan Biggs tonight. The number to call in is 883-5000, the local number 1-800-684-2848. To all you folks in uh, Ontario, Toronto, Niagara, and the outer regions of Buffalo, hey man, We can almost get around the world with this number, but just before we go to the break, let me say this. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts how you think the church needs to operate in the midst of this stay-at-home order the lockdown should we just close it right up should we do anything else besides an online service what can we do what should we do maybe you got a thought about the people who have saying you know we're going to defy the uh, the laws of the land and and just go for it let's weigh in on some of those things we're going to be right back after this short break
4: Never in our lifetime have we lived through a global pandemic. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicide are at an all-time high. Medical facilities are overwhelmed, seniors are dying, lockdowns, and churches trying to do their best to minister to those in need. Join Agora Network Ministries for a one-day live stream experience learning from experts Kay Warren, Dr. Grant Mullen, Brett Ullman, and Amy Simpson on specific ways to persevere and find hope. Go to perseveranceconference.ca and register today. Early bird pricing in effect until March 31st.
0: Are you feeling a little lost? Left out in the cold? Feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all want to be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherboneau and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca
5: you'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible. Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day, and I ask him for a Bible. His word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand his words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673.
0: Welcome back to Open Mike with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. And uh, we're talking about the church and being relevant in the midst of this pandemic. And then there's this $64,000 word that's called, we're to be a witness. What does that mean? And with me to helping me on the subject is Stan Biggs. Stan, let's go for part two. So uh, interesting uh, comment by Sis. What are you thinking about right now?
2: Well, I was thinking about a cartoon I saw this week that spoke to me, showed a picture of a caterpillar having a, a glass of wine with a butterfly and the caterpillar says to the butterfly you've changed the butterfly <laughs> says you're supposed to change idiot <laughs> well, here's here's what i'm suggesting Stan, can i interrupt just for a second yeah
1: i'm not sure where you're standing or sitting um but maybe you could move to an area where there's a little clearer reception stand on one leg or something or you know do whatever okay, so
2: I'm on, my, I'm on my head now is that better
1: it is a little better, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're telling let, me let that let the just, comments are, we're supposed to change, we're supposed to, I, I got the joke, but we don't like to change, you know, do we?
2: It's, it's more than a joke. Here's what it points to. The, the, the little caterpillar. if you were to say fly or say wings or say tree top, would have no idea. I believe that most of us as Christians have no idea about the big story. We don't know the grand narrative. We don't know what the good news was that Jesus preached, what he said. in his first line, words out of his mouth in his public ministry were, the kingdom is very near. It's very near. Now, here's what really was striking me. As I thought of this during the break, it's, these, it's this thought that the word witness and the word martyr, when it came to Stephen, who was stoned for his faith, are very closely aligned. Now, if that's so, and if martyrdom is not necessarily the loss of my physical life, or but rather I have to die to myself so that I can live for others. In other words, the gospel of Jesus, according to Paul, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have died, and you've been risen with Him, like we celebrated Easter. So that. His life will be in you. It's no longer you who live. So, and when it comes to conduct during the pandemic, uh, whether it be a vaccination or a church honoring the, the restrictions of the government for the safety of the people, could it be that if we will lay aside our own ego in light of the big story, which joins us all together in one? Now, it doesn't matter if universalism is true and everybody makes the bus or the conservative point of view is most of you are going to hell but some of us are on the bus and we're going to try to get you on the bus before the end of the program wait a minute wait a minute the truth of the matter is that difficult inner journey that we're called to go on that is where we die to come alive so what do you mean that by journey?
1: that explain that a bit more
2: what what i mean by that 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 where does God say He lives? He says He lives in the deepest part of our being. I've made my home within You. So, if I just read books about that, or I'm taught about that in church, or I uh, believe it because somebody told me, rather than knowing that I knowing that I know it because He lived within me daily, I know I walk with Him, I commune with Him in my garden, as the song goes. Then, okay, then it makes my conduct today. Do I wear a mask? Of course I wear a mask. Will I stake my life on the fact that that does or does nothing? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that it hurts everybody when I don't, so I will. Am I going to gather a cluster in the church and be a super spreader under the illusion that the church is going to die if we don't meet in some big box and ignore each other for another year or two and just say hi, bye, hi, bye, hi, bye, rather than laying our lives down? No. So what I think is there's something magnificent going on in in the face of the pandemic that deserves our attention and our dying to our own silly little agenda so that we can really become the answer to the prayer of Jesus when he said that they may be one. And when sis calls, I got to tell you that I feel so much at one with that dear sister who just called. I don't care what she believes about anything. I know her heart. I heard it. Hmm.
1: It can be a so. Let Let me jump so in, like, Stan. Let me push back a little yeah. bit. So, what oh, yeah. about people who are saying we have to stand up for our rights, and uh, we have freedom of religion, freedom of expression, and people should be free to come to church if they want to come, and if they catch it, they catch it, and if they don't, they don't. How do you respond to that? Because. There's certainly a lot of that rhetoric in Ontario, maybe not so much on the West Coast. But I also know the flip side of it all is that regardless of what side of the debate you stand on, there is huge frustration. I mean, I'm hearing it from the lady who serves me in the store. The, well, not yeah, anymore in yeah. the store because I can't go in. But, you know, at the drive through wherever, there's huge frustration. I had a young dad talk to me today. Yeah. He said, man, I just want to... We got to get to church, he said. We just want to be out. We want to be together. So I'm going to push back a little bit about that.
2: Sure. No, I'm not ignoring that. In my own family, my wife was crying yesterday. Deep, deep, deep sorrow over the whole COVID collapse of the loss. I'm fully aware of it. I'm fully aware of the needs and the beauty of being together as human beings. Yes. But... The reason I will not engage in that debate and take a position one way or the other is because the overarching narrative is not built on that poor foundation. It goes way, 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 way beyond it. So what's it it built on? What's it built built on? on, It's built on God's love for us and our love for each other, loving God and loving people. Now, did that require a PhD to get that one?
1: (laughs) No, I don't think so. And you know i got I a new book coming out stan i just can't find yeah. the right crayons for the uh the pages that you have to color on so uh, i just try to keep and it my, simple for people
2: well my book is coming I out soon mean, it's the shortest book in the world it's called wisdom by stan biggs
1: <laughs> okay so we're, we're pushing on in this subject just a little bit more we want to encourage you to call in 883-5000 and our buffalo friends and 1-800-684-2848. What does it mean to be a witness in the pandemic? What does it mean to be a witness at any time? And uh, my friend here is Stan Biggs as we're talking about that and also the, uh, the place that the church needs to be having. So Stan, what do you think the church should be doing? If you could just, you know, with your pen write down a dictate to all the churches in Canada and the States, what would you say to them to be doing right now?
2: The reason that question is so difficult, it, there's, there's no, how do I put this? you got to find the hybrid between my individualism and that relational tissue, the fabric of the, of the body of Christ. Relationship presupposes trust. And if I'm going to be a witness, a credible witness, there needs to be trust. That demands relationship. That requires rhythmic interaction with folks. And so to try and pull something off on a national or global scale as individuals or even as a little local church here in Kelowna, that's that's pure nonsense. In my estimation, we're called on, like, like you read at the very beginning, going to Samaria, whatever, whatever. In this case, it's going to the Okanagan, where I am. And love the people, care for them. Uh, The strongest words I ever had spoken to me, you know, Dr. Jim Houston. And I'd been to India and gone on on a magnificent trip. They made a book, they made a movie, they made all sorts of things. I went to Jim's place to impress him. He said nothing. Three weeks later, I was at the house and he said, I want to apologize to you. I should have said that all you showed me three weeks ago was pure fiction. You need to go back to Kelowna and look after the people that God has given you to love. So in answer to your question, in answer to your question, the people in my little world, they need my love and my care. That's more than, takes more than a dozen of me to do that right now. And I think that is the core answer when each one of us in our own spheres, we become broken bread and poured out wine for our neighbors and our friends, the people we do business with, our doctors, uh, physicians, whomever. Stan, you
1: do that so well in your own, you do that very well in your own life, and I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but just give us two or three quick examples of things in the last, you know, four or five weeks where you've uh, interfaced with people. We got about a minute and a half left before we,
2: just give us some examples. Let me me give you one. I'm outside now, standing right where my car was when I came and got in a couple of nights ago. I was so mad at Jan. I I was just fit to be tired. I came out, got in the car. Pulled off down the street so she couldn't find me and said, where am I supposed to go? And I thought of my friend who's going through deep, deep, deep trouble. I went to his house, sat in the driveway, said, I'm not going in there. He came walking out, looking to see if his septic tank had been cleared up. He invited me into the house, and he's going through hell. His wife would walk down. The real estate person had just been there. He was livid. He smart, was smart man. I had a glass of wine, never told him a word about my own situation, and prayed with him and held him in my arms. And, and both of us walked out of that room with our feet on the ground, solidly replanted. That, in my mind, is a simple event where, in the middle of my own pain and brokenness, direction was given. I listened. I responded. I went, even though I didn't feel like it. And God's work was done under our very noses. And both of us are beneficiaries to this moment.
1: I love that story. And it's not atypical a from the many stories that happen in your life and, and some maybe not quite as frequent in my own life. Stan, I want to thank you for weighing in tonight on the program as we're continuing to ponder what does it mean just to be real? Yeah, I have a guy, whenever he would send me a, a birthday card or a, a greeting, he'd always say, keep it real, keep it real. And yeah. uh, you've helped us to uh, think about what it means to be real people to realize that it's not all about us really none of it is but well, as christ lives through us then we have an opportunity to be his representative don't we
2: totally and i just say thank you michael for your confidence in inviting me for me to just being ready to be with you for these few moments has really been encouraging and uplifting and i'm grateful to you
1: Well, nothing but fantastic thanks dan and, uh, right. you know, as we're going to the break right now, you've been listening to Stan Biggs, my guest tonight on Open Mic. We're going to be right back uh, for the last half of the show as we continue to unpack what is the church supposed to look like? What does it mean to be a witness, to uh, be the people that God's called us to be? I'd love to get your thoughts and comments. 883-5000, 684 2848 We'll be right back after this short break.
5: Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day and I ask Him for a Bible. His word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand His words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca. Mike, or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Never
4: in our lifetime have we lived through a global pandemic. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicide are at an all-time high. Medical facilities are overwhelmed, seniors are dying, lockdowns, and churches trying to do their best to minister to those in need. Join Agora Network Ministries for a one-day live stream experience learning from experts Kay Warren, Dr. Grant Mullen, Brett Ullman and Amy Simpson on specific ways to persevere and find hope. Go to perseveranceconference.ca and register today. Early bird pricing in effect until March 31st. Are you feeling a
0: little lost, left out in the cold, feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church-wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all wanna be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherbino and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca. You'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible. Welcome back to Open Mike with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us again, and as I often say at this time in the program, uh, I want to encourage you to call
1: in if you'd like prayer. Maybe you're going through a difficult experience. It could be related to the pandemic. Maybe you're dealing with cancer. Um, Maybe you have a heart issue. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter to me. I just want you to know that it matters more than anything to the Lord, and I'm happy to pray with you about any issue that you have. I do believe in the supernatural. We're going to be talking a little bit about that in this next part of the program. And so wherever you're at tonight, if you'd like prayer, call in. Or if you'd like to weigh in on the subject tonight, I would love for the dialogue. Uh, Too many times I've heard people say, well, that's the church. I want nothing to do with it. And sometimes they get the church gets that criticism because it's doing too much. Uh, Say some of them are staying open in the pandemic. Sometimes it's because it is not technically doing enough or maybe there has been you know an opinion given by a church that just has just rubbed you the wrong way and and you might be bent out of shape Uh, but i want to remind you of an interesting fact that jesus loves the church and he is building his church as stan was saying there's so many splinters and groups but where christ is central in our thoughts we have hope And that becomes the rallying point for those who would call themselves followers of Jesus. And I'm not sure what stripe you wear or, you know, what denomination you're a part of, but if Jesus is the leader and Lord of your life, he invites us, he calls us to be a part of his church, the church universal, but also the local expression. And uh, I'm always amazed at what God is doing in the church. You know, there are times the church will close, a local church will stop, uh, something will happen, but God just allows it to keep going. And you know, it springs up, it's like a blade of grass that pushes its way through the cement. Um, I wanna take us tonight to the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter one, we have uh, in the first eight verses, a a very interesting scripture. Uh, It's really the start of the church uh, after Jesus had risen from the dead. And, uh, but to get our head around it, let's have a little bit of fun for a moment. Let's play Jeopardy for at least uh, 30 seconds. So here we go for 200 points. He was an American statesman, diplomat, lawyer, architect, philosopher, and founding father who served, you ready? As the third president of the USA for 200 points. Who is he? Well, if you said Thomas Jefferson, you'd be correct interesting thing about Jefferson, and I'm not an American, I'm a Canadian, but he had a profound appreciation for the teachings of Jesus. But Jefferson was also a child of the Enlightenment, and as such, he enthroned reason and logic as Lord. And in February of 1804, Jefferson went to work with a razor. He clipped his favorite passages out of the Bible and pasted them in double columns on 46 uh, octave sheets, that, that big music paper. And Jefferson included the teachings of Jesus, but he excluded the miracles. He deleted the virgin birth, the resurrection, and every supernatural event in between. His version of the Gospels comes to a dead end when the stone is rolled in front of the tomb on Good Friday. And I wonder, I just wonder if that is where most people leave Jesus. Most people have no problem acknowledging that Jesus was a compassionate and wise and great preacher or powerful prophet. But that isn't who he claimed to be. He claimed to be the resurrection and the life, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no middle ground because what we find in the book of Acts is that this young church is being supernaturally born by the God of the supernatural. And one of the questions when we come and we ponder the church that we have to ask is this, do you believe in the supernatural? And that's why i put it out there that i am happy to pray with you tonight just call in 883-5000 684 2848 do you have a need let's pray let's talk to god we need prayer you know when you come to the book of acts we find the early church in its infancy well from the world's perspective at that point the church looks like a 10 year old who had gone 12 rounds in the boxing ring with a muhammad ali or maybe in a van der But while knocked down and while it's trying to level it, there is a comeback in the making. You see, what the world doesn't get is that the church is the bride of Christ. The church is empowered by the supernatural. And the church, of which you and I are part, if we're followers of Christ, was being raised up and still is being raised up. So just think, these early believers were pondering what would happen next. They didn't know about Baptist, Episcopalian, Catholic. They didn't know about Pentecostal or uh, Evangelical. They didn't know any of those things. They're just the church. And they were wondering what was going to happen. And we come to chapter 1 in Acts, and guess what? We read, it says, that Jesus presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs appearing to them during the 40 days. Jesus appeared to them. He was with them. They had not gotten over the euphoria that he was indeed risen, but man, he was hanging out with them and he gives them these directions. Now picture it with me. In verse four of chapter one of Acts, it says that Jesus, while staying with them, while staying with them, Hey people, the resurrected Jesus was with them. Imagine that we read that. He presented himself alive by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days. And what Jesus shares with his group of believers is what became not just their mission, but your mission and my mission. And we need this today more than anything else. As we navigate the lockdown and the pandemic, we need to know what our mission is. Matter of fact, I believe that you and I were made for more. And if you're going to discover your more, you're only going to do it by living out your mission. Now, let's just try for a moment to imagine all the thoughts that were going through the minds of those early believers, that early church. Emotions would have been running high. They just witnessed the crucifixion and all the horrific things associated with that. my goodness, If anyone had the right to claim PTSD, it would be the believers. And now, suddenly, they're dealing with the supernatural. Jesus has risen. They'd seen him. But people were also saying that it was not so. They could say, oh, no, it couldn't have happened. It couldn't happen. But we're told here in Acts that, by many proofs, Jesus demonstrated that he was alive. And over in uh, Corinthians 15, verse 6, it says he appeared to more than 500 witnesses. Um, So what we need to realize is there is a bevy of feelings going on inside each individual. Jesus is talking uh, about leaving them. And then Jesus says, here's what you're to do when you go. And he's calling them to be the church. He's calling them to be the church What's the church supposed to look like? I think we need to be asking that today as we're living in the midst of this pandemic. And uh, the number to call today is 883-5000, 684 2848 Love to hear from you. We got another Stan on the line tonight. Thanks, Stan, for calling in. How are you?
2: I'm the exact same Stan that was here the last time.
1: Oh, it's the same one. Okay, cool.
2: <laughs> no, but you oh,
1: you're just listening into the program.
2: Yeah. Just draw, well, keep
1: going then, Stan.
2: On the way, I don't know. I don't want to trespass. I just wanted to wait for you a little bit. But let, let me say we were talking about the, the uh, and later what you were just saying. Remember, we talked about the butterfly. Yeah. And the chrysalis. And, and remember, I was sort of I was sort of suggesting and as you were just now that in light of Easter, perhaps redemption is not the main event, but rather leads to its realization. And which if is what? More of us, well, if more of us were on that track, realizing that we've been, well, if you allow me 30 seconds, I could explain what I'm trying to say.
1: If you can you do okay it in 30 that? seconds, that, that would be a miracle. <laughs>
2: well, here, here's 29 seconds. Primitive theology suggests that predestination has to do with those who burn uh, or who makes a squad, right? But the right. scripture is totally different. What the Scripture says is that blood-bought children of God, already children, are predestined, subsequent to their new birth, to the adoption, and it says the whole creation groans in anticipation for that. Right, but the concept of being adopted into the family is a Western aberration. The Eastern concept was that adoption was when, at the age of thirty, a son trained in the ways of the patriarch was presented to his dad in a ceremony that conduct cemented his leadership role. Now, let's suppose that we're being called. In the long range of things to that kind of relationship with our Abba Father. And does that not reflect the then and now of our own inheritance? And it couldn't it be that your work and mine is to encourage people to understand that, that Alt Abba's ultimate intent? That's what I, I was, think so. That's what I was thinking. And can I give you one line about the butterfly that just blew me away? I forgot to mention it to you. And Stan, is,
1: we got a minute and a half, so you can go even a little longer.
2: Well, the butter the butterfly. Remember the cartoon of the little, the little um, what do you call it? Caterpillar talking to the butterfly. You've changed. We're supposed to change. You and I think. Well, we don't have time to do a whole lot. But listen to the words of Rabindranath uh, Tagore, who won the Nobel Prize in 1913. He said, "The butterfly counts not months but moments, and has time enough." he said finally time is a wealth of change but the clock in its parody makes it mere change and no wealth i'm suggesting michael that we are incredibly wealthy folks and like the butterfly we don't have much time not months no years but we have moments and we have time enough to do the father's bidding that to me is profoundly encouraging And I wanted to leave that with your listeners and with you and with me, because it's true.
1: Great point. Stan, thank you again. That was fantastic. You're listening to Open Mic with uh, Mike Sherboneau And uh, my guest has been Stan Biggs. We're going to be back for the last 15 minutes of the program in just a moment. But stay tuned for these very important uh, announcements.
0: Are you feeling a little lost, left out in the cold, feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church-wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all wanna be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherboneau and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca you'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible.
5: Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day, and I ask him for a Bible. His word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand his words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673.
4: Never in our lifetime have we lived through a global pandemic. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicide are on an all-time high. Medical facilities are overwhelmed, seniors are dying, lockdowns, and churches trying to do their best to minister to those in need. Join Agora Network Ministries for a one-day live stream experience learning from experts Kay Warren, Dr. Grant Mullen, Brett Ullman, and Amy Simpson on specific ways to persevere and find hope. Go to perseveranceconference.ca and register today. Early bird pricing in effect until March 31st.
0: Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, welcome back to the program. And as we uh, come down the home stretch tonight,
1: can I just remind you about that perseverance conference? Um, I don't know why, but they picked me to be the host, and uh, that's pretty—what a great uh, honor that is. But the wealth of information that's going to be shared by those people—Kay uh, Warren, Brad Ullman, Amy Simpson, and uh, Grant Mullen—just amazing people who love Jesus, but have such a grasp on the whole mental health subject. I know that you're going to be encouraged. And uh, so let me just encourage you, go to perseveranceconference.ca. That's a pretty cool website. And uh, you can sign up. And uh, yeah, and if you're watching my program through the week on Vision TV, you can go to mikesherbineau.org. Uh, This weekend, Amy Simpson is sharing, um, one of the guests. And then next weekend, Brett Ullman, who was on the radio show a week or two ago, he's going to be uh, speaking on my uh, television program as well. And uh, yeah, and in the midst of all this journey, let's think about what the church is to be. I've got a couple thoughts I want to leave with you tonight. And uh, when Jesus said that you're to go out into the world, how do we do that? And how do we get ready to do that? Well, I remember that old thing uh, when you get to a race, when you're a little kid, It says, you know, get ready, get set, and then go. Maybe we can just build on that. Jesus told them they were to get ready by waiting for the promise. And what was the promise? Well, the promise was that he wasn't going to leave them alone. He said to the disciples, he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. John baptized you with water, but you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if anything is supernatural, then that has to be something supernatural, God dwelling within us. And as I think of the church being the church, it needs to be people who are experiencing the supernatural touch of God in their life. But you notice that they're told to wait. Well, how many times do we ignore the invitation of our Lord to wait? If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, His Spirit is within you. But we know we're not to treat our Lord like a pop dispensing machine. You know, it's a time of crisis, I'm thirsty, put 25 cents into the uh, pop machine and get an instant answer. It doesn't work that way. He calls us to wait. Lots of verses about waiting, isn't there? It says, Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They mount up with wings like eagles, they run running up, be weary, they'll walk and not faint. Well, as Jesus is talking to the people before he goes back to heaven, he says, Now listen. He said, here's the first thing that I want you to do. I want you to wait. I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting. I don't uh, I don't like lineups. I get frustrated when the, uh, the drive-through is going too slow. Yeah, I was in a lineup today. I went to the dump uh, in uh, Niagara region and the lineup was so long. I got out of the lineup and said, I'll do this on Monday or sometime when it's not so busy. I don't like grapes with seeds in them. It Takes too long to take the pits out. And I don't even want green bananas. I want everything right away. And I think that you're not a whole lot different. But Jesus calls us to wait. And then how do I wait? How do I do that? Well, here's something that's helped me. A guy articulated it so much better than I could. And uh, a couple of the things I have been doing, and they've made such a difference. Let me share them with you. As we think about what it means to be the church, how God wants me to react how he wants me to uh, be his presence in the lives of people. Plant yourself in a chair in a quiet corner and ask these three questions. First of all, how is my heart? That's the first question. Say, Lord, what's it filled with? Anxiety, anger, fear, pent-up resentment? Remember Solomon who wrote in the book of Proverbs, he says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I need to ask God to meet me in the unsettled spaces of my heart and provide the resources I need to move into my day with a spirit that's free to serve. And then ask what, what should I, what do I give thanks for? I've learned that if I begin each day by asking the Lord, what he wants me to thank him for, it quietens my heart. And I believe that as we practice gratitude, we will become the very person that we would want to be around. You see the practice of offering thanks cultivates my heart. It will cultivate your heart one day at a time because when I'm grateful. Then I realize that everything that I have is a gift. Even if it's the gift of having a home to sit in or an apartment to sit in, in the midst of this pandemic, Even as much as you wanna be out and about knowing that at this point, um, you know, we have a phone. We can call somebody. Or maybe we can uh, talk to someone on a Zoom conversation. Pause and say, what do I have to give thanks for? Because when this happens, our minds shift and we can become the people that God wants us to be. And then I need to remind myself of who I am. Who are you? Well, at a basic level, I know that I'm Mike. I'm also a husband, a father, a pastor, and a wannabe hockey player. But those things are not enough. I need to understand my identity. And when I wait on God, I'm reminded that I am His beloved son, and you're His beloved daughter. And if that is true, then how will that affect the way that I look at problems, challenges, or anything like that? Well, like Paul, then I can say, yep, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. But we need to continue to remind ourselves of our position with Christ, that I am his child, regardless of what you're going through, because Satan wants to destroy us and our sense of self-worth. Last night, as I was driving, I made a phone call to some dear friends in Vancouver and as I talked to my buddy Ray, he was sitting with his wife in the hospital. Her body is riddled with cancer. It was, they found out 40 hours ago, total shock. But as we talked, we the conversation was about who we are in Christ, that he is with us, that he's walking with us. And so we prayed for that supernatural healing. And I know that God heard our prayer. Whether Steph is healed right now or in, Uh, a short while, or ultimately if her life ends and she's with Jesus, she will be well, she will be whole. But you see, we live with hope and it's in the midst of those dark moments that when I remind myself that I am loved of Christ, that I am his child, it's like we open the shutters in a dark room and the light comes in. And so, Jesus is telling the church, he said, here's the first thing I want you to do before you be my witnesses. I want you to wait. Wait for the infilling power of my Holy Spirit in your life. And then he said, I want you, um, you know, get ready by waiting for the promise. And then he says, get set. Well, the idea of getting set is when the runner plants his feet in the ground. Well, you know, we used to have starting blocks when uh, one time I pretended that I was a track and field star. and uh, But how do I get traction? I get set by trusting. Now, if you're like me, I want to have all the facts. I want to know when something is happening, why it's happening the way it is, and how it's supposed to come about. It might seem insignificant at first glance, but you know, an Old Testament principle is being taught here to the early church by the Lord himself, and it's one word, trust. The disciples are an information overload, and trying to pull all the pieces together in their mind. And they're still thinking that Jesus will come back immediately and usher in the new age. Their question is, "Will at this time you usher in the end of the world as we know it. So here's what they learned. And here's the application for you and me. The Lord does not always tell us what we want, but he gives us what we need. They said, are you going to come back at this time? And he said, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. Sometimes, God just doesn't want us to know. Sometimes he reveals things to us, but with regards to the subject and his return, he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Isaiah wrote these words. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And friends, he calls us to trust and obey. So that we lean upon him, that we experience his faithfulness each day. And the principle is seen with the children of Israel. They were to follow the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. God said, that's all you need to know. And if you follow my prompting, then you're going to go in the right way. That becomes the the answer to the mission for the church. We need to be individually and collectively listening and saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? And it might be simply, you know, I want you to go next door and, and take a, a plate of cookies or just to make a phone call or send a text. Or maybe God's going to nudge your church to say, hey, we're going to take an extra offering and we're going to respond to someone who's going through a hard time. But as you listen, God will speak and he will lead us just like he led the Israelites, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And then it's in the waiting process that God reveals himself. Lamentation says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I'll hope in him. And the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Jesus was instilling this in the early church. And he's teaching us that we're on a need to know basis. And what he needs us to know, we will know. And then he says, I want you to go with power and be my witness. You know, my hope is that you haven't been uh, bummed out or burned off with the church. The church is filled with imperfect people. But I wanna encourage you, if you're a follower of God, to let his love shine through you, to major on the majors, not on the minor things, to be his presence. To be the one who shows His love, that reaches out, so that people can discover, they can taste and see that the Lord is good. I think this is one of the greatest opportunities God has given to the church, and He's given to you and I as individuals. To be His presence, His hope, in a world that is desperately looking for hope. So can I encourage you? Go out from here today and give people heaven. You've been listening to Open Mic, and I'm Mike Sherboneau.
0: The preceding program has been sponsored by Find the Way Ministries.